Welcome to the Champions Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about Champions Church, visit GodsChampions.com. You know, I love, I love that song and the songs we sang. But let me tell you something. I was singing them with such vigor that I about left half of my voice out here on the, on the floor. But man, I feel such an anointing on what God is saying today as it pertains to speaking and declaring the name of Jesus. And there is today, before some of you, there's already breakthrough beginning, but before you leave today, some of you are going to get touched by the master's hand at this altar, and you're never going to be the same. I want to talk to you for a moment about seeking first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you shall be filled. I'm going to take, I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture this morning, so I want you to follow along with me in Matthew chapter 6, 21 through 34. By the way, before I forget, how many of you have found God to be faithful in your giving? How many in 2022 you found God to be like, God, you're so good. You came through time and time again. Well, I tell you what, keep up your giving because we, we, we turn the lights on and turn on some heat when obviously we working on turning on heat today. Uh, I, I tell you what, I don't think Florida is ready for 35-degree weather. But let me tell you something. It's, I feel the warmth of his presence in here today. And, I, you know, it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> but I want us to stand because I want us to do a de- declaration together on our giving, which you know we give online. You give in the back on your way out. There's a box that you can put it into. And um, so, yeah, fill her up, she says. Ken says, fill her up. Um, I I just want to encourage you because I know that, and it pertains to giving, God's not after your pocketbook. God is after your heart. And if he has your heart, your pocketbook comes along with it. So then when he makes a demand on it, when he says, I want you to give to this, I want you to give to that. I want you to, it's not necessarily about 10%. It's about, do you trust him? Do you trust him? Because your trust will be according to, it will be revealed by what you give, that you trust him. And here's the a powerful thing is, is you never cannot give God in any way, shape, or form. So therefore, when you give by faith, and how many, how many of you have ever put tithe in the offering by faith? Yeah, because you're like, do I pay that bill or do I give my tithe? Many times we've been challenged in our marriage through the years, and we said, we're going to give. And God always comes through. He's not after your money. He's after your heart. If he has your heart, 
as we're going to talk about today, all these other things will be added to you. Not just money, but spiritual riches in heaven. Thank you for being patient with me. I do think I sang half my voice out, but it was worth it. Mm. I said, Brittany, really, we're going to do that bridge one more time? Okay, okay. <sighs> I'm a bass, but I'm singing tenor. All right, so let's do this. Declaration number one, okay? Everybody ready? I need your voice. I need your faith to rise up to what you're about to declare. Everybody ready? Three people are ready. Anybody else ready? Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's put our faith to this. As we receive today's offering, we're believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, increased interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, wisdom and insight to start a new business. Who wants to start a new business? I believe in the entrepreneur. I believe in those who, who create nine-to-five jobs and don't just work a nine-to-five job. So, Father, raise your hand right now. In the name of Jesus, we release new businesses, ideas from heaven, insights into community. In the name of Jesus, we release divine favor of finances that, Lord, that they will not just be working nine-to-five, they will create kingdom transformation centers wherever they go and they will release finances i believe this is a year for financial release not for us to say wow look what i got in the bank account but look what we get to do for god in jesus name i release it now by the authority of jesus christ of my life amen let's finish this Finding money, debts paid. How many need some debts paid off? In Jesus' name. Supernatural debt paid off. And Lord, we'll take expenses decreased too. In Jesus' name. So let's thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. So let me read through Matthew chapter 6, verse chapter 6. I'm not going to read all of Matthew 6, but verses 21 through 34. Let me just preface this by saying at the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, we talked about and that, what a powerful word from, from our team, one of our team, Trevon, last week. Man, that was powerful. Just really powerful word. Trevon, three people like the word. Just kidding. It was powerful. Talking about the character, about the disciples' life and how that all intertwines with fasting. You look at the beginning of this chapter, and this is all tying into the... Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is 
This whole thing is about how the kingdom flows, how the kingdom goes. And you're talking about the things that we do in the kingdom that are just really should be the natural flow of who you are as a disciple. To, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Now, at the beginning of this passage, we're talking, he says, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast, as if, well, you should be fasting, you should be giving, and you should be praying. And Jesus modeled all of these. And, and so then we get towards the, uh, towards the end of this chapter, in verse 21, and let's pick it up there. Do not store up for yourselves material treasures. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Glad you like it. Do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your, say this with me, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, your heart means your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers. Think about that. Your wishes, your desires, that which your heart, your life centers, your heart, will be also. Verse 22, the eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, in other words, spiritually perceptive, your whole body will be full of light, benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad, in other words, spiritually blind, your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. What's included in that word mammon? It says money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Well, let's go back to that real quick. We're going to take this, unpack this a little bit. You cannot serve God and money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Let's go on. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, stop being worried or anxious. In other words, perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life... Not more than food and the body, more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. Look at them. They neither sow seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into the barns. And yet, your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. And you're not, are you not, are you not, are, I'm asking you the question, are you not my, worth much more than they are. Of course you are. And who of being, uh, and who you by worrying can add one hour to the length of his life? By one hour. Can anybody, can you, can you add one length, one hour to your life by worrying? 
Can you add a second to your life by worrying? Not a millisecond is right. Verse 28, and why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and the wildflowers of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spend wool to make clothing. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory and splendor was dressed, in, dressed himself like one of these. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, anytime you see therefore, you're going to see what it's there for. Therefore, do not worry or be anxious. In other words, perpetually uneasy, distracted, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what, shall we, what are we going to wear? For the pagan, those who don't know God, in other words, Gentiles, eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Turn to somebody next to you and say, He knows. He knows you need them. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but first and foremost, first and foremost, first and foremost, importantly, seek Him. Strive after His kingdom. And his righteousness. What does that mean? His way, his way, his aim at strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing or and being right. The attitude and the character of God, and all these things will be added to you also. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has a, enough trouble of its own. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom is actually an invitation. Say with me, an invitation. It's an invitation to a new reality. It's a difference between old covenant and new covenant. It's what Jesus is introducing to people who knew the old covenant. They did not know the new, and Jesus is giving them a ha-ha moment on the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, there's a kingdom coming that you will be a part of the reality of the kingdom, it's an exchange instead of living for and by what they can do for themselves. Jesus is inviting them. He is inviting us at the same time into a life of sonship where provision comes because of who they are, not because of what they do. Imagine hearing this as they were for the very first time. The God of the universe is offering to provide everything you need, not just spiritual, but your tangible, your physical needs, if you'll simply seek first the kingdom. That is, provision flows out of his kingdom because you are his child and he loves you, not because of how you perform, sweat, work, or strive on your own, so practically, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? It means that you look to God and His kingdom first for everything you need, including your purpose in life, your daily provision, your creative inspiration, your business ideas, your family relationships, everything. And you keep God and your relationships with Him in the center of your life. Your relationship with God is 
valued more than anything else in your heart. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That was an encouragement and a command from Jesus. He says, love the Lord your God with all. Are you loving the Lord with all? All. Are you preserving something for something or someone else? Are, are, are there, is there a reserve for that's not released to the king and his kingship? Is he Lord of all for your life? I heard it one time said that if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Is he, as we are in this fast, I, wanna, I just want to ask the question, is he Lord of all of your heart? All of it. Or is there something you're holding back? Even more specifically, to seek first the kingdom of God means to understand and embrace your unique design. How many of you know, all you have to do is look around the room and there's some unique design. Not one person in this room is the same. Not one set of fingerprints. Amazing, isn't it? Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're amazing. You are. <laughs> you are amazing. You need to embrace your unique design. Embrace it. Embrace it is what I tried to say. You need to embrace your unique design. There's only one you. So don't try and be somebody else. Don't be a cheap copy when you can be an original. You need to be an original. You know what? My shoes, I wear size 9. They may fit you, and they may not. But you're not supposed to wear my shoes. You're supposed to wear yours. God created you. He redeemed you. And when He redeemed you, He redeemed all of you. I like what, um, I like what um, Lou Engle said. He said. Lou Engle says it this way. He says, God created a dream, and then he wrapped your life around it. Let in this year, let in this fast, let in this season to apply for the dream within you with Christ at the center of your life. You're unique. You're a masterpiece. The unique gifts and talents God has equipped you with are designed both to bring you life and they're also used by God to release His transformative power of His kingdom on the earth. As you do that, God is faithful to release vision, provision, opportunity, and authority to walk in the assignment He has created you for. Walking in your assignment in God's kingdom assures His favor and provision in your life.
How many want to do what God wants you to do? What God created you for? How many are tired of messing around and doing your own thing? I want to do God's thing. It's time. It's time. As Jesus states in Matthew 6, 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. In this instance, he is referring to money and God, but the principle stands true everything and every other subject. We are always worshiping. Listen to me. We are always worshiping. Can I tell you something? Worship is more than a slow song. It's a life lived for the king. And then when it resonates through song here, it actually is transformative to the atmosphere. You see, when you just sing words with no worshipful life, then it's just songs that, it's just words that hit the floor. And it has no resonance in the spirit realm. Oh, but when his worshipers worship 24-7 and they show up and they praise him. Oh, can I tell you something? If you don't yet praise him, you have not learned the importance of walking as a disciple of Christ. It's a part of your warfare. And if you just shrug it off as something I need to do, because then we can get to the word and the more important things, then you've missed the whole importance of his presence and worship. And you're also missing a powerful tool that God has in your hands, but you are keeping your mouth shut. And especially in times that are perplexing. So I, I, I want to encourage you to remember to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. To sing praises to him. And if it's not your thing to praise, make it your thing because it's God's way. I just, I just threw that in. It's not in my notes. It's just on my heart. We are always worshiping. The question we must ask is what are we worshiping? The easiest way to find out what, what master we are worshiping is by looking at our own hearts. As it says in Matthew 6.21, states for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Whatever we spend the majority of our time, our effort, breath, and resources on is what we ultimately are worshiping. Therefore, we must ask, is Jesus our master or is something else? Just simple as that. You know, the basics of, of, of living this life is a yielded heart, a yielded life. And it's not words that, they're ju it's just not about the words we say at the appropriate time. It's, it's a life that we live, and it's not a switch that we flip on and off. No, we're always on. I'm going to just read um, um, I just want to read a passage to you. Because as, as we unpack this for a moment, 
there are some practical ways that we can be intentional to seek and be satisfied by King Jesus. It's all about the King. And it's very appropriate that today we are lifting up the name of Jesus. And as the Lord was unpacking this message for, for me to give to you this week, and, and I was like, oh, wow, it's amazing how this is all intertwined together. But Jesus, Jesus is looking for all of your life. He's looking for all of you. And if for some reason there's more than one master in your life, then there needs to come today, this morning, a point where you just hit the altar and say, I repent for having multiple masters in my life. Jesus, you deserve that spot and nobody else. The Bible is very clear that we are to have one God from beginning to end is the command to of the word, uh, is, the, is the command to rid ourselves of idols. If there is anything in our life that we are treasuring more than Christ, then that thing has become a master and an idol keeping us from being satisfied by the king himself. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 14. Let me touch that for a moment. Here we go. Ephesians 5. Therefore, be become imitators of God. In other words, copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate their father and walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice sympathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. But sexual immorality and in, in other, in, impurity, so sexual immorality and all moral impurity, indecent offensive behavior or greed must not be hinted at among you. As is proper among saints, for as believers our way of life whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. It's quiet in here. Let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking because such things are not appropriate for believers. You, you want to know, you want to know how to get alignment to your life? Just get open the Word and start reading it. I'm just reading the word. Let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking because such things are not appropriate for believers. But instead, speak of your thankfulness to God for be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person for that one is in effect an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God, for such a person places a higher value on something other than God. Can we say amen? I received the word this morning. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who, who habitually sin. 
So do not participate or even associate with them in the rebellion, rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyle styles be examples of what is most acceptable to him your behavior expresses gratitude to god for your salvation i'm hearing you can't just live any the way any the way any way you want to live and still follow christ you just can't live the way you want to live and still have king of kings and lord of lords and speak the name of Jesus. Verse 11. Do not participate. Do not. Do not. Do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness, but in the ex instead expose them by exemplifying personal integrity, moral courage, and godly character. Oh, now we're worshiping. Now we're worshiping. You mean I got to do that 24-7? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you something? The Bible says that we are to be a utensil, a special utensil set apart so that the hand of God can take that utensil and powerfully touch the world. You see, the goal is not just to refrain. It's our love, passion for him that says, God, I want you more than anything. I want to please you. But here's the thing, as you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing things, what happens is, is you become a, an anointed utensil in the very hand of God to really and legitimately transform this world for the kingdom of God. And that's the goal. Don't shout me down. A life of worship is more than a slow song. It's a life lived for the king. That whether someone's watching or not, nothing changes. I'm his. Oh, yeah, where were we on this passage? We're on 12. For it is disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret. You hear what that says? Not only are we to not be a part of it, we're not even to mention what people do in secret. Watch what you say. Let it always be seasoned by life in the Word of God. When you speak, you speak with authority because you don't have frivolous talk in your life. It doesn't mean you don't like to joke around. Oh, I love to joke around. But what kind of joking around? 
Well, people, when you're joking around, just go, I'm not sure they're a Christian. Or they go, oh, no, they're, they're definitely a Christian. I never heard anything so slanderous. I've never heard anything ugly. I've never heard anything cross. I've never heard anything of criticism or slander or prejudice. I've never heard anything of their life that makes me cringe or makes me embarrassed or makes me go, oh, that's disgusting. I wish they wouldn't have said that. Maybe we need to start saying instead of what would Jesus do, what would Jesus say? (laughs) Am I receiving this word so far? I really got to move on. Um, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is light that makes everyone visible, everything visible. For this reason, he says, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. If we find ourselves wrestling with the worship of created things, we must look to Jesus' words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And let's get on the right track and stay there. Let our worship resonate in the heavens. There's an anointing that comes from holiness. It doesn't come from a touch from somebody that's applied themselves in the spirit, it comes, the real anointing that will come on your life is when you have a yielded heart centered on the king. I shall not be moved. As for me and my house, serve God. And the anointing, the power of God that comes on the yielded life, the Holy Spirit comes on sacrifice. second thing I want to talk about this morning is we need to submit all of our emotions and anxiety over to the Lord. Water break. We'll probably spend the rest of the time right here for today. I believe there are people in the room that God is working on your life And you've yielded to a point, but there's something within you of emotions that get out of whack that need to come under God's kingship. Have you ever thought about where your emotions are taking you? Emotions are not just something that you feel. They they will take you somewhere. Emotions powerfully influence our choices in life. I reminded of the, I was reminded as I was planning for this message, I was reminded before about the Geico commercial. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's kind of wacky and it's funny. All their commercials are kind of wacky and funny. This one has a group of young adults that are running from um, a bad man, I guess. They're scared and they go, oh, maybe we should jump in that car. And they go, oh, no, that doesn't, 
No, they're, they're too afraid, so they go, we won't, no, let's not jump in the car. Let's, uh, and they do something, the, the craziest and the wackiest thing there, they get up there and they hide behind the chainsaws. And they're hiding behind the chainsaws, and all these chainsaws are going like And this guy with a mask that looks like a killer goes like this, and they're just standing there going, oh, we, we're safe. And the guy goes. I'd love to just play that for you today. I didn't take the time. But sometimes we unintentionally live our lives like those in the commercial. When our only goal is to escape what we fear, we often are not taking into account where we are going. It's difficult for our brain to think logically and creatively when negative emotions like fear, anxiety, hopelessness, or inner pain are driving our life. When we are under the influence for those emotions, we tend to focus on how to get away from feelings rather than allowing God to lead us into our destiny and His purpose. The problem is while we are trying to get away from the negative emotions, we forget that the decisions we make to get away might take us to a place that has no escape. Here's the real problem. We become so focused on trying to avoid pain that we never learn how to dream and set goals for a happy future. For instance, if my goal is to never fail, then it means I have an unhealthy fear of failure. Seek first the kingdom is allowing the king to rule the emotions of your life. They're good emotions and there's not so good ones. There's strongholds that are good ones and there's strongholds that are not. Positive ones are enforced by what the word of God says over your life and the negative ones are, are what you've experienced that are actually dictating your emotions over the reality of God's redemptive power. Hang with me for a moment. If, for instance, let me go back to this, if my goal is to never fail, then it means I have an unhealthy fear of failure. Right now, let me just tell you something. I give every single one of you, if you needed it, here it is. I give you permission to fail. How many of you know that anyone that's ever done anything in life or in the kingdom have, there is failure all along the way? I give you permission to fail. How many of you know, even um, uh, just thinking out loud, President, President Lincoln, he, he lost and 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 he failed and he failed and he failed and he failed and he lost and he lost and he lost and he lost and then he won. Last time I looked, he signed one of the most important documents in U.S. history. So fa fa failing, we should not fear it. Matter of fact, it should be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. So let failure be not your excuse to not try. Matter of fact, it's people... It, People without the fear of failure will be free to try new things. I just use that as one example. There's so many that we could use this morning. 
I believe the things that you happen in your emotions, the Lord wants, I know without a doubt, the Lord wants to heal them. He wants you to be able to release those things that have happened in your past so that they're not a stumbling block for your future. But come under the redemptive power of Christ so that you can then walk into your future and you can seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And anxiety doesn't become that part of your identity, but his power, his hope, his joy, his freedom does. I don't know about you, but I've had things in my life I would like to forget. I'd really like to forget them. Here's the thing, some things you'll never forget. But here's the thing that I want to tell you about. I remember one time, just for instance, I remember being in a room with pretty important people. And then I was asked to say something. This is many years ago, but I remember it well because I kept replaying this reel. I remember I was asked to say something, and I couldn't get one word to connect together. And I was pretty embarrassed in my mind. I was like going, that wasn't good. That just, that wasn't impressive. That didn't go well. (laughs) Now, I remember for years, without getting into too much of that detailed story, I remember for years I'd replay that. And any time it would come up in my emotions, I remembered it to where, because it, it would keep me, it would make, the emotions would stir up not good thoughts. And the emotions would stir up, don't say anything. The emotions would stir up, someone else will say something. The emotions would stir up, you need to shrink back in the back of the room. And not step forward. It wasn't until I actually got to a point where I said, Lord, I place this emotion of that experience at your feet. I'm tired of replaying this reel and what it does to my emotion life. And then what it does to me to not say anything when I should. I'm not going to replay this reel except that I look back at it and go, it's under now the blood of Jesus and it's been healed and I actually then also forgive myself. There's so much into that part, but God wants to heal your emotions so that you can step into your future. Those triggering things. My wife said to me the other day, she says, the Lord is pointing out things that trigger people so that they can deal with it, so that they can move forward. And I believe that's what God wants to do in this morning, is he wants to take the things that trigger you emotionally, negatively, so that you can put them under the blood, get them healed, and so that you can step into your future.
And that's what, what part of what the Lord wants to do today. People tend to, take, to make negative identity statements like, I'm stupid, I'm weak, I'm unlovable, I cannot trust father figures, I'm responsible for other people's happiness or success, or I can't speak publicly. Based on a few experiences or conclusions made in their past, the more emotional attachment we feel with those statements, the more restrictions we'll, we will place on our lives. Our lives will be about avoiding things instead of accomplishing things. Here's another example of how emotional beliefs lead us. If we believe there's no solution to a problem and we allow hopelessness, stress, or fear to be attached to that belief, it will begin to drive us. We will allow that belief to lead us to passivity or make us feel like a victim instead of leading us into the answers of, and victory. On the other hand, those who have renewed their minds with God's truth will fix their eyes on the prize before them, not on the obstacles along the way. Everyone in this room, your identity needs to meet resurrection life. You're a child of God. You're not forsaken, but you're completely accepted. God loves you with the same love. Did you know that? That He loves Christ. You're bought with a great price. You're a treasured child of God, and you are a masterpiece. When you understand your identity, you understand that there's more than one way to get where you need to be from where you are today. Even when you cannot see the way, your belief that there is one who will carve out a new pathway towards a solution is on your team. You may be here this morning and you need to come into a place of Jesus being the center of your life, if he's not, make him the master. And then placing our emotions of our past. You see, let me ask you the question, do you have more faith in your past experiences than in the anointing of Christ to determine your future? God hasn't called you to mediocre life that cowers in negative emotions of your past. He's called you to be to a hope and a future based on his goodness and ability. You're a different person now. It's time to step into your future free from the emotional baggage of yesterday. This is your day. This is your year. It's pivotal. So not only must we repent of sin that so easily wells up in our hearts, but we must take our emotions to the Lord daily. In order to seek first the kingdom, we must make God the king of our emotions. He must rule and reign over them rather than allowing our emotions to rule and reign our lives.
You need to be honest with God. Honest with your emotions. Don't let them be bottled up. But allow them, the Lord to bring healing by you confessing them. Until I was willing to even walk into that place and that one instance of embarrassment in my mind, my emotions, until I, um, I, I decided not to get the recorder out and replay it again. How many have ever gotten a record? It's like you've gotten a tape and you plug it in and you replay it. And then you go, I was an idiot. There's a lot of people going, yeah, it's me. I've... So let's take the tape this morning, the VHS, the DVD, whatever it is, whatever year that happened, and let's place it at the feet of Jesus. Whew. He loves you so much. He wants to bring healing to your heart. Some of you need to forgive yourself. You put yourself down because of things that you've done, but you've been forgiven but by the Lord, but you haven't forgiven yourself. We've all been there. Got the t-shirt, got a few of them. Lord wants to do a deep work in your heart. This ties in with the last one. Um, that faith forges the way to seek the kingdom and frees us from all anxiety. Faith forges the way to seek the kingdom and frees us from all anxiety. Jesus speaks directly to the heart of anxiety. He knows that anxiety is an emotion. However, he attacks, however, he attacks the, that emotion with facts, promises, and truth about who God is. Let me just read to you. John Piper says this in his message, Don't be anxious about your life. He says, Instead of being anxious, seek first God's kingdom in other words, when you think about your life or your food or your clothes or your spouse or your job or your mission, don't fret about them. Instead, make, the God, make God the king in that affair and in that moment and hand over the situation to his kingly power and do his righteous, and do his righteous will with the confidence that he will work for you and meet all your needs. To seek the kingship of God first in every affair and every moment of life is a thrilling way to live. It's full of freedom and peace and joy and adventure and hardship, and it's worth it all. If you believe in the kingship of your heavenly Father, you do not need to be anxious about anything. So it says in Philippians 4, and I'm going to close with this passage, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You see, let me just say this. Where faith in the promises of God is trusted, freedom is found. I'm going to say that again. Where faith in the promises of God is trusted, freedom is found. So, why don't we stand together? I want you to read this with me. You ready? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There's, it's really important <clears throat> that we remind ourselves of the goodness of God in our past. How many God's been good to you? How many God's done a healing work in your life before? You need to remind yourself of the times when you experience God's faithfulness, His goodness. Rehearse these things, these times we will, as we rehearse them, we begin to build emotional strongholds of hope in your brain. And God created our brains with the ability to create strongholds so we can experience the joyful fruit of good beliefs. I wish I hadn't quite sung out as much of my voice as I did. Really did. Because everything's been on the low. But have you heard my heart? Have you heard the heart of the Father today? <clears throat> I believe God is aligning us. He's saying, who's going to draw near to me with all? Fasting is a time where we seek Him specially. It's a season of draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. It's a season of, Father, I, I relinquish anything I'm holding on to. It's tuning into the God channel. It's sharpening the blade. It's sharpening your spiritual skills. It's tuning into the God channel, if you will. It's saying, Father, if there's something that I'm holding on to that I need to release, I want to be sensitive to that. I want to be a 24-7 worshiper. I hold nothing. I want to be a utensil. One of my, here's the, my biggest prayer. I'll, I'll let you into my prayer closet. This has been for this fast for me. God, I, I want to be the special utensil used in your hand to bring transformative power to lives when you call upon me to release it like never before in my life. I want to carry the anointing of God. I want to be a holy one. I want your fire. And that's been my cry. I want your fire. I want your fire. So now I've let you into my prayer closet. That's my cry. What's yours? I don't have another one right now in my life. 
I want to be that utensil in your hands. I want your fire. I want your presence. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And also, if there's words of knowledge to be released, I want you to release them. You guys can make the way. I believe one of the calls right now has been clear. Let's leave emotional baggage behind. Let God have your mess. And instead of it being a mess in your life, He's going to give you a message. Those things that have been a test to you, those things that have tested you, will become a testimony. The healing power of God is here today. Sometimes the, the, the biggest thing you need to do is just be obedient to the, that which is an urging on the inside, the Holy Spirit, to move on what He's telling you to move on today. It's the beginning of saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of all. And I'm not going to hold on to this hurt. I can sense it. There's some really deep hurt. I want you to quit replaying the reel. Let his kingship rule every part of your life. I'm going to ask around the room. There might be some those words of knowledge for healing or anything. Guys, God. Hello, two things. I heard pressure, and I think um, physically, um, ears, eyes, right in the head, right around the temple, there's been pressure that you've been dealing with. But I also sensed in the natural that there's ones in here that have been under pressure, and that some anxiety has been kind of um, put upon you because of that pressure. And also, I saw like a practical thing of someone like uh, filling out like a resume, and I feel like there's, um, there's someone specifically or a few with like a job um, and that the Lord is going to breathe upon that. Um, I said this last week uh, and I didn't even realize the implication of it uh, when I said it, but uh, there's some that you want to fast, but uh, food has been used as a tool, as abuse in your past, um, being withheld from you. And so there's some trauma there that the Lord wants to heal. This one's a uh, physical. Someone either slept on their neck wrong, um, but it's a pain between your shoulder and your neck. I believe uh, God wants to heal that. Last week, when we were doing worship, I heard the Lord say that some of us are withholding things that we withheld. We thought we could control them in our lives. We didn't want to give them up when we started to go towards God and that we thought we could control them and we couldn't. And they became, I kept hearing bondage. They became a bondage. You became enslaved to that thing. You couldn't control it. Now it's controlling you. And he's saying that he wants you to give that to him so that he can free you. And to please do it now. Uh, the other thing I saw, can I share that? Okay. Uh, 
during the songs, I saw Jesus come in in the back. And as he came in on each side, on both sides, there was a wall like a flank of angels. And every step that he took, light just went straight out into the room in a big circle. And he was stopping. There were angels healing people. And he was stopping and kissing people. He was kissing them. And then pastor said, isn't it awesome to be kissed by the presence? And then pastor's wife said, isn't it awesome to be kissed? So I believe what I saw happened. That's a tough one to follow. I heard sinusitis, an issue in the inner ear. And something with the elbow, I don't know if it's a pain or some kind of um, range of motion thing. Here you go, Judy. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. All right. So you guys can spread back out again. Um, Isn't God good? Can we just lift our hands and praise him? Can we just, Lord, I just love you. We love you. Father, we love you. There's no one like you. There's just no one like you. Never can, never will be anyone like our God. We declare your greatness. We declare your mighty. We declare in this place that you're the God who healeth me. So, Father, we lay anything and all things at your feet that are wanting to just be detractors or distractors or we just we father we walk in your acceptance this morning we are not only adopted we're embraced we are absolutely a part of your family and you've provided at calvary through your sacrifice of your son everything that we need today to move forward Seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. This is our desire. This is our desire. So Holy Spirit, in this room, just reveal to each one what you need them to do at this point. Do that deep work. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe for more content each week. If you'd like to learn how you can partner with us, visit GodsChampions.com.